It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. The great Michael Bradley, somewhere in Lansing, Michigan, protesting what's happening to his uh, school, his coach, and his university. How are you, pal? Lansing, please. It's Ann Arbor. I know, but Lansing is the capital. And that's where the protest is today. Are you not up on your current events? Is that where the people got in the cars and yes. blocked traffic? <laughs> yes. That's a bunch of numbskulls. <laughs> wait, 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 you have a problem with the right to protest? No, let them protest all they want. They're numbskulls. They're, they, they, they get, stay home. All right? They're all Michigan State grads. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bradley, you've, you've seen him right before. He's a bitter and broken guy like most of us here who grew up in this area. <laughs> well, well, I want to know how his life has changed in these last five weeks. Cause, because Michael, as you know, Tony, leads a very, like, uh, crazy life. He I does? Mean, he's just out and about all the time, going to parties. How have you been quarantining? Well, from the work standpoint, I've been, before I started teaching full-time, I, I, which I'm doing at Villanova University, and I'm doing that over Zoom, so that's a real oh. treat watching all my students when they're supposed to be paying attention, looking at their phones as they're uh, supposed to be go- listening to my pearls of wisdom about communication. But the, the work part, I worked for, I've been working at home for 30 years. So, I mean, this is not uh, a large change there. The problem is the weekend. I, you know, I haven't played golf. I haven't gone to any of my favorite watering holes. I haven't seen uh, my friends. I'm not, you know, it's, it's tough. I'm supposed to go to Chicago in a couple weeks and see my son. That, that's not going to happen. I'm not happy. Wait a minute. You know, that, this is, it, it's 23 minutes into our show today, the first golf mention. Mm-hmm. It has been a tradition unlike any other <laughs> that every single day on this show, no matter who's on, obviously when we had a Jim Nance on, we were talking about the Masters, everybody who's been on the show has to mention golf. You would think every person in America plays golf. Every sports writer, everybody in the media business apparently plays golf. I took it up about five years ago. I used to play when I was younger. I had no idea what I was doing, but I've really worked on it i stink but at least i I can go out and not embarrass myself and have fun now Mm -hmm. and i i had played in december january february i mean i i got i got a round in in early march 
this was great, and I, my swing was repeating. I was hitting the ball, and then all of a sudden, so what I did was I went out and bought, uh, I went to Golf Galaxy, bought 42 foam balls and a hitting mat, and I'm out in my backyard hitting nine on I have the same mat and the balls. <laughs> wow. You guys are sad, man. I hit it inside in, in my living room. You don't have a ceiling. I'll, uh, I'll put a hole in the drywall. You don't have a simulator inside your house? <laughs> Well, not a golf one. <laughs> <laughs> I set him up, and uh, he, yes. boom, he hit that baby right on the right on the barrel. He barreled that one. And I missed that term. He barreled it. That's the new baseball jargon. That, yes. you know, he, well, he barreled it now. Remember when yes. I got, it used to be, you got good wood on it. Well, now you can't say that anymore. No, you can't say no, you got no. good wood on it. Right. That's a, that would be a Me Too violation, I think, or some kind of violation. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to do that. But, no, that, that, I, I put out on Twitter last, last week a you know, list of things I'll never complain about ever again once sports come back. I'm not going to complain about replay delays, pitching changes, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. And, and uh, somebody, then Mike Jensen of the Inquirer said, okay, what are you going to complain about? And then, of course, I had plenty to complain about, including the DH. And so all my friends around in American League cities have been excoriating me for, for hating the DH. But I just happen to like baseball. Now, Michael Bradley, one of the things i got to rip you for, not following me on Twitter. Is I mean, that how right? I thought I, I, thought I followed you, you on Twitter. Are you serious? You do not follow me on Twitter. Wow. And that is, that should be an effect. I should hang up Man. on you. and I should go. Donald Trump on that guy from Playboy yesterday, uh, which is the guy for, that writes for Playboy. Playboy has a White House correspondent. They don't even have a magazine no, anymore. All right, Why do they have I'm a White House? Jesus, I'm following Jesus. you. Pasta. Had, had I known that, people say. Had I known that, Tony, I wouldn't have booked them. <laughs> no, I know. Me too. Yeah. Jesus. I thought I had. I, I, that's on me. I have to do a better job. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> Thank you, Andy Reid. Yeah, Andy. Yes. <laughs> Michael Bradley, writer, uh, rock on tour. So I love I love when when bright guys like you do columns like you know I remember the old Bill Conlon if I were king of the world mm-hmm. and I love those those deep dives into this is what needs to happen after and so you mentioned some of the things you've been writing about on what you want you'll be complaining the first game yeah, everybody says I I won't complain about instant yeah. replay or I won't complain about pitching changes or, or Gabe Kapler going to the bullpen three times in one inning and things of that. I, yes, you will. If the first no, game promise. comes back, you'll be complaining like I everybody promise. else. I, I promise. I won't <laughs> complain when Jim Harbaugh calls a lousy play on third and four no, against Ohio the, State. <laughs> <laughs> See, he doesn't call a lousy play. It's the defense. I'm more upset about the defense giving up 320 points in the last two games Uh-oh. against them. Don't, there's no need to bring that up. We're, you know, It's early on. In this new relationship, we don't have to go there right away. I mean, at least at least if the football season doesn't happen, Jim can't lose to Ohio State this year. Wow. <laughs> there, there is that. But, no, I don't think there's going to be a college football season because I don't think they're going to bring people back on the college campuses till January. Really? Yeah, and, you know, you got two of the biggest stadiums there when you talk about the Big Ten yeah. with Ohio State and Michigan, the big house. And I saw the governor of Ohio yesterday, DeWine, uh, saying that, there's no way that they're going to be able to fill Ohio State Stadium this fall if football comes back and put all those people in one building. No, you can't. I mean, first of all, let's, let's give credit to somebody from Ohio actually being sensible. But he's, he's right. And the, the curve's going to flatten in June and July, and everybody's going to get this false sense. And then it's going to, it's going to come back. Now, I talked to an infectious disease doctor who said that it, the rebound will not be as bad. And if we see it coming and get indoors for three or four weeks right away, we'll be able to head it off. But we're going to be doing these waves until there's a vaccine. And I saw somebody yesterday from the NIH saying, if all goes well, we'll have a universal vaccine by early next spring. 
So wait, minute, are you jumping on that on the uh, on the Peter King yep. and all these other bandwagons of the extreme and the other way? Is we can't go out and do anything unless there's a vaccine, even if it means not doing anything for 18 more months. I'm not saying not do anything, but what I'm saying is you got to be smart about this. It, it can't be, you know, the, the countries that have warded this off have had, had draconian measures, but until there is a vaccine. Nobody can be safe. When we, now, if there's an antibodies test, right, say we get that instant antibodies test, and it's okay, you had it, you were asymptomatic, you got the antibodies, you're fine, but what are we going to do, give out everybody green cards and red cards, and you, you got a red card, you can't do anything, you got a green card, you're fine? I like I it. Can't, I'll I like have it. a black, like black market green card sales thing. I need, I need a, a backer, but I'll be happy to start selling those. No, we're going to have to be like dogs. you got to have that little microchip put in you, and then everybody gets scanned. <laughs> You know, now when you go into well, an, when you go into a stadium, instead of just your ticket gets scanned, yep. and then you're, you're you know the side of your neck. I right think that's there. the idea. You scan everybody. Yeah. Why can't you just upload your ticket to your little chip, and then you don't have to carry anything? Boom, it's all inside of you. You can do that uh, too. Be malfunction. That, we're, we're, <laughs> and then look, we're only about ten years away from that. We'll be getting everything that we want stuck in the middle of our head. And, you know, you get your newspaper in there, you get your, your, uh, all your information, everything's there. They scan your head. Oh, yeah, you got a referral for your doctor. Go ahead. And, by the way, I don't want the 5G chip put in my head, though. I think that'll blow it up because everybody's worried now, all these conspiracy things. 5G, well, it's going to ruin the world. I just don't want Huawei's 5G chip. I'll take Verizon's or something. That's Hawaii, Harry. Is it Hawaii? Yeah, the Chinese. Uh, it's Chi- Huawei. Is it Huawei? It's Huawei. My Mandarin isn't so good, so I can't tell you. Are you more of a (laughs) – because, you know, the two big nine languages in China. Mandarin. Mandarin. Yeah. And what's the other one, Robin? Cantonese. Cantonese. That is great Chinese knowledge. (laughs) Have you been to Chinatown? Everything's closed, even Chinatown. All right, go ahead. All right, no college football uh, in your view. What about baseball, uh, the NBA, and NHL continuing and doing their playoffs in, like, uh, certain locations? What do you think about those stories? I think the NBA and the NHL are done. You, do. you know, you're, you've got too much physical contact, and you're going to try to get this thing done. And all it takes is one or two guys to, to test positive, and then everybody's going to run for the hills. So I think, I think we're not going to see them. Baseball could happen because it's a game that lends itself a little bit more. But, again, you're going to have to make sure there's enough testing. You're going to have to test these guys every week. So you're testing 26 players or 28 if they expand. How many coaches? Mm-hmm. Clubhouse people, security people, grounds crew people, umpires. Anybody umpires, the people that put the post game spread out on the at, in, in the in the clubhouse. The yeah, yeah. I mean, there's 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 about every every game is going to need about 150 to 200 tests. So, how are you going to keep track of all that? What are you going to do with the people who test positive? Then we're going to quarantine everybody else. It's it's a bigger logistical nightmare than just having the players sit six feet apart in the stands. Now, I hear you. The interesting thing is now, every day when you look on the, uh, look in the media about what's going on, there's like a test every 10 minutes. One at Rutgers that they talked mm-hmm. about yesterday. There's the Abbott test. There's the antibody test. So, like, basically every lab in the world is working on different testing devices, and they're getting out there. So, again, I don't know, I don't know more than anybody else. I'm not a doctor, although you can call me Dr. Tony Grouchy instead of Dr. Tony Fauci. <laughs> you know, but... Uh, Nobody knows. I mean, everybody's just speculating. Even the, the experts have no clue when they look at the charts. And I, I don't mind. I'd rather them do the worst-case scenario and overestimate what's going to happen than underestimate it. So I, I use the Disneyland uh, analogy. You know what Disney does? When you stand in line for, like, Space Mountain and it says an hour and ten minutes, 
most of the time it means it's only going to be like 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. So that when you get on the ride and you're looking at your watch, you're saying, wow, that was under. That wasn't an hour and 10 minutes. Right. That wasn't bad. They get you to think it's going to be worst-case scenario so that when you get there, you feel better when it's not as bad. Right, and that's right. what they're doing with all of these projections based on what happened before, not what's going to happen next. And they have to do that because think about it. If they tell you, okay, on May 26th, everything's going to be fine, and then they say, look, sorry, it's not going to be till June 17th, everybody's going to go nuts. But if they say June 26th, then it's June 17th. Ah, nine days earlier, that's better. The other problem we have is we don't have a lot of discipline here in the United States, right? No. We're, You're just noticing that. Wait, was that breaking news? <laughs> yeah. I mean, South Korea, they had like seven people dead because it's like, if you go outside, we will cut your head off. Right there. It's just The drone comes through, you're dead. Blood spurting up from the neck. It's fine. So everybody stays inside. Here, as soon as you get a little bit, People are going to be, woo it's going to be like, like, like the, the scene at the end of the Ten Commandments when Moses comes down with the commandments. There's going to be golden calves, people going bananas. So we're going to have to be very careful how we do this. As long as the water turns into wine, I'm happy. I don't care about the rest of that <laughs> well, stuff. Well, there's plenty of that, right? And if you, got, if you need beer, you do what the 93-year-old lady did in Pennsylvania, is hold a sign in the door yeah. out of beer. And it's Coors Light brings a truck. You're yeah. absolutely, we, we were going to have her on yesterday, but then she bailed on us because her kids were the ones who put, and her kids, by the way, are adults because she's 93. We don't know that. We don't know that. She oh could, I called her at 10 a.m. Well, you don't know she, that she has eight-year-old kids? No, I called her at 10 a.m. She could have started drinking, and by 4 o'clock, she was done. That's what I said. Done. She was yeah. passed Wait, out. What 93-year-old yeah. Italian woman drinks Coors Light? My mom's 95. <laughs> she now doesn't drink any beer. Coors Light. You're shamed Bud Light. I'm what not shaming them. I'm just saying a 93-year-old Italian woman doesn't drink any beer. Apparently, They're drinking all of She's drinking grappa. Exactly right. Well, at least she Which, by the way, I'll blind you. <laughs> Michael. Maybe the beer was just the chaser. Michael, at least she can get beer because the governor shut down the goddamn liquor stores. <laughs> well, you can still get beer. You go just well, I know anywhere. beer. I don't drink beer. I oh, like yeah, beer. You drink vodka, I drink right? beer. I like beer. I'm doing my uh, Kavanaugh impersonation. Aren't like you beer. part of the Vodka of the Month Club or something? Yeah, yes, I, he I, is. Yeah. We're getting dangerously <laughs> low on our Tito's uh, collection here. We're, you know, listen, Tito's, if you're listening, yeah. or even stateside vodka, we need emergency reinforcements delivered here, not that far away. Kiki Vodka, too, is another local not vodka. Not Kiki Vandaway Vodka. No, Does no. he have any? <laughs> Michael Bradley, we just lost him for some reason. I want to get him back because, you know, the one thing I noticed about Michael Bradley here, I work with a lot of great people in this business. Michael Bradley is the only guy that I used to do football pregame shows with mm -hmm. that would bring his own bag lunch with him. I know. We would go into restaurants. Yeah. We would go into sports bars and do pregame NFL shows. And everybody sits there and orders off the menu, yep. anything you wanted. Michael Bradley, Brown, Michael Bradley Brown bagged it to do pregame football shows and he had the grease stain on the bottom. It, like, if we bring a tuna sandwich, and, you know, they had the brown Right, it bag. would soak through a Exa little bit. Exactly. Was it like a turkey sandwich, I think, was his yes. famous thing, I have right? never seen anyone in 50 years in radio in a business where you want free stuff. Mm -hmm. And when you go out and do a radio show in a bar or a restaurant where the food is readily accessible and you can order yeah. from the menu, somebody brings in their own sandwich. It's classic. I bet he does that when he still goes to Villanova to teach class. We have to find to out because I think we got him back now. And I want him to. Oh, no, no, no. Did they're phone, still, they're still efforting up? that. I, his phone, but you know what? This happened right around the same time yesterday. I know. And it had the weird beeping. Is that right? Yeah. Remember and there's no we storms. The I mean, the skies are blue. So I don't know whether it's an electrical interference, whether it's government intervention because we were know. giving away the chip. It's 
college. Probably. Maybe they're listening at the uh, CIA. Maybe they're spying on us. Tony, while we're efforting to get Michael Bradley back on. He said call him back. He just texted me. Did you see um, the photo that I posted on the Twitch stream of him in dressed the, in up. The, dress, like yes. Hugh Hefner, right? In the Hugh Hefner. Well, me or Michael Bradley? No, no Michael, Bradley. Michael Bradley. Michael Bradley did he the, the Hugh, Hugh Hefner yes. like tuxedo. Yeah, or look the, at no, the smoking jacket. The smoking jacket. Yeah. Look at that, how dapper he looks. I didn't know he was into that stuff. He, I bet he hasn't been to the, to the mansion like I had before. Oh, no. Now it's over. No, no. Michael Bradley doing Hef? Look, I mean, it's like a, it's a red velvet. It's a nice coat. No, it is. It's got the big wide lapel. Is that a Crass Brothers 937 <laughs> South Street special before they went out of business down there? Let's find out. He's back, Michael Bradley. First of all, the the red jacket. Uh, is that on your uh, on your Twitch stream? That picture? I mean, your Twitter stream? No, I found it. On, you know, you can find anything on Google. Where's with the uh, red jacket? The uh, the big red lapels. Was that a bed velvet? Crass? Velvet. It's a crushed red crushed velvet, velvet tuxedo jacket that I bought at the uh, sidewalk sale at the Ardmore Tuxedo Store in 1980. That's wow. a good job out and of you, And it still man. fits. Still fits, That's baby. That's amazing. So you weren't doing a half thing. You weren't going to, like, a fake Playboy party up in the main line somewhere, right? No, no, no. In fact, I, I, uh, a couple years ago at Kohl's, I bought a purple Paisley tuxedo jacket that I now wear along with my 1979 uh, ruffled tuxedo shirt to weddings. Beautiful, if it's man. black tie, I'm wearing the ruffled shirt. Did you have the Coles cash, or did you have to pay full retail? <laughs> I got Coles cash after I bought it. <laughs> There's the credit card. Do you get out a special colored blazer to watch Michigan every year in the Outback Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right after, right after I watch Temple in the Bahama Bowl. Hey, I'd rather be in the Bahamas hey, damn right. than getting a Bloomin' Onion on a Sunday when I'm a top five program in the country, all right? Not that there's anything wrong with Bloomin' Onions, except that they're like 7,000 calories. Oh, I know. Unbelievable, man. <laughs> Michael, last thing. Yeah, I don't thing. eat the Bloomin' Onions. That's how I fit into tuxedo jackets from 40 years ago. Exactly. Great that job out of you. Now, I, 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 I wait. Before, after the phone, right after the phone crapped out, I, I told a story about you. I don't know if you heard it. About you're the only person I've ever seen in media in 50 years <laughs> in this business who would go to a pregame football show on a Sunday at a restaurant and bring his own lunch and brown bag it. Yep. Well, I never, I never got an explanation. You know that's for that. an insult to the restaurant. Bringing well, because your own I food. Wanted, that's how. How do you think I can fit into a jacket from 40 years ago? I weigh 10 pounds less than I did when I graduated from college. So I, I, I control my calories. You know what I say to that? Yeah. Well, I, but, uh, <laughs> oh, good. For Dude, you. Michael, yeah. forget about teaching. You should put out a diet plan. <laughs> I'm doing keto and I lost 15 pounds. This guy does. This guy just doesn't eat restaurant food. Well, no, I, I, I eat. Here's what I do: from Sunday through Friday at like four o'clock, I'm very regimented. Okay, I eat the same thing for breakfast and lunch every day. I eat the same thing in between breakfast and lunch. I, I brown bag it all wherever I go. If I'm going, if I teach, I have a class that ends at 12:45. At least this semester I did. I would be eating my brown bag, half a turkey and cheese sandwich on wheat bread and an apple on the way home. I told you. Now, do you make those yourself, or do you have the the wife do it for you? No, nobody. You know why? I, I have a little bit of OCD, so only I can make. <laughs> no, <that>. a little. <laughs> I I asked her for a drink of water the other day. She brought it in. I'm like, eh. Not enough cubes. She's like, what? And so I waited for her to get up to go to the bathroom. I went in and got more cubes. She came back. She said, did you go get more ice cubes? I said, yeah. You didn't make the water right. 
Wow. Make the water Make the rise. Water. When you're criticizing your wife for not for not even providing the proper water temperature. Yeah, I'm not criticizing her at all. I'm just I'm just He's saying. just making a suggestion. I didn't suggest she Who the hell puts ice cubes? We're not living in uh, Australia in the outback where it's 110. I always put a lot of ice. I put no ice in my water. water. Yeah, me too. Very cold water. I'm with Michael on this one. It's ridiculous. And I've told the Lima that once or twice, too. Now, when she brings the vodka, you got to have When she makes my cocktail, I say you put too much club soda in it. Well, that's a different thing. Exactly. How do you mess up water? Don't make it cold enough. I'm just not even saying anything. <laughs> my, son and I, my son and I have both have mild cases of OCD. His mild. Is task, his, his is task-specific, and mine is broad-based. So we would have arguments over who had more effective OCD, which is a very OCD thing to do. Michael, I think that your interpretation of mild might be different than everybody else's. <laughs> yeah, it's broad-based OCD. By the, what by, the hell is I'm, that? By the way, on, on a Twitch stream, this is a great one. We're on Twitch Live, too. In addition to SiriusXM, uh, 91 Sixer says, Who's Michael Bradley's nutritionist? The guy from Falling Down? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wow. One of the great Michael Douglas oh, yeah. movies of all time, man. Boy, yeah. was that a weird movie. Man. Yes. Yes. Quite. Yes. At, at Daily Ombre on Twitter. Daily Ombre. <laughs> And he's and not even Hispanic. I don't know where he no. got Daily Hombre from. And Jeff Bruder on Twitch is saying, bless your wife, Michael. Bless <laughs> your wife. Hey, I cook. I do laundry. I shop. I, you know, come on. There's a lot that comes with control. You're going to make someone a good wife one day, Michael Bradley. I'll tell I you that. I consider myself a control enthusiast. <laughs> I'm not a control freak. <laughs> hey, man, I've missed you, man. And now everybody knows why we love having you on. The great Michael Bradley, the Daily Ombre. Thanks, brother. Great to have you on, man. Take it easy, guys. Thanks, Mike. Wow. Right. wow. How great was that? That is awesome. <laughs>